Hi everyone, welcome back to the Iris Pod, and I'm really delighted today to be joined by not only an investor in Iris, but also someone who's now joined our board and has taken on the role of VP of our American business, Toby Brosnowski. Thanks so much for joining me today, Toby. Happy to be here. Excellent. Um, Toby, let's just start right at the top. Um, before we dig into your career and your experience in B2B SaaS, what, what was it about Iris that really attracted you in the first instance to, to invest in us? And then you know, where we are today with you taking more executive responsibilities in how we scale this exciting business? Yeah, sure. Over the last few years, I've been um, investing in multiple SaaS-based companies, all, all software-based companies. And, you know, I look for a couple of things. One is something that is is unique, differentiated in the market. Um, I look at the market itself and try to figure out, um, you know, what is the size of, of the market? What is the, you know, the real opportunity here? And then look at the team that's, that's put it together and see, um, you know, are, are these folks that have the ability to, you know, go to market and scale something. And, um, you know, what I saw with, uh, with Iris kind of checked all three boxes completely. And in terms of, you know, the, the differentiating capabilities, um, it was, it was clear from the start and especially, you know, with the patented, uh, you know, clarity application that has really now started to take off, you know, that's, that's one of the things that, that drew me in because the, the use cases for that and the market, is is seemingly endless and so um you know I, i'm really excited first of all to be you know part of the investment team but more importantly um you know to uh, to dive in and, and help this thing go to market we'll talk a little bit more about all of those use cases and opportunities that the iris had and you were attracted to but just set the scene for us you um you've worked through a number of of SaaS companies over the years and and then, you know, most recently took took Llamasoft from uh, a fledgling idea to a multi-billion exit um, a, a couple of years back. Share us a few details of, of that career and that experience that you've gained through that time. Yeah, I've been in technology pretty much my whole life and software um, specifically. And, uh, you know, through the years, a number of different startups that have gone from, you know, very early stage to being, you know, a first salesperson um, to, uh, to exits, whether it be through acquisition or through IPO. Um, <clears throat> Llamasoft was one that I had came across um, a really smart uh, technology guy that had created a, uh, a software specifically to address corporate supply chains. To, to simulate their operations and to to optimize the way in which they operate, right? And, and so essentially what we did together was we helped create a new niche, which was called supply chain design, right? And what CAD does for product design, our software did to help companies design and uh, essentially build their, their global supply chain operations. And so it was, uh, it was, again, something that was differentiated, right? Very specifically, we simulated the entire operations, nobody else did that. And, and to us, that was the thing that helped us um, get known and, um, and stand out in the market. And uh, we used that, um, that edge to get early, um, <clears throat> early traction in some, some pretty well-known companies like Unilever, um, Dell, PepsiCo. And, and we leveraged those relationships to you know, really grow this into a global business. Toby, I think you 
really touched on something quite important there, which I think is fundamental for uh, for for founders, founding teams, not just on the commercial side, but on the technology side. And that's the importance of selling. <laughs> you know, one of the key things that you're supporting us on is how we how we ramp up that sales playbook. And obviously we've just had Chris join on the enterprise sales side and Neil join as SVP of Global Sales. How important is it for a founding team to be really uh, in the weeds on the sales side of things, particularly in those early months and years? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a ton of great inventions and technologies that have completely died because you know nobody was able to market them properly and nobody was able to communicate you know the value and and sell them. And uh, I I think from the very beginning, um, you know, in the companies that I've been involved in, where um, you know where the product has taken off, it's because there's been you know equal focus on you know innovation as well as um, you know, the marketing and, uh, and sales part of it, right? You have to be able to communicate your value. You have to be able to position this with, um, with global customers. You have to be able to, um, you know, explain why somebody should buy your product, right? And, uh, and, and be convincing. And so I think that, uh, it, if you don't have that from day one, you're, you're kind of destined to fail. And I guess that's on both the commercial customers side but also if you're looking for investment that's essentially selling <laughs> you've got to sell your dream your, your vision and why you Absolutely. think this is a scalable business to to important investors like yourself no, no doubt i mean it's it, it is all about um you know convincing somebody that you have uh, a better mousetrap that you have something that's interesting and uh, in um you know I, I think what works best honestly is somebody else uh, validating it for you, right? Which is why I, you know, in the businesses that I've worked in in the past, we've found uh, early adopters, we've found flagship accounts that really liked what we were doing. We partnered with them to make sure that they were successful and they in turn helped uh, promote the product for us. And, um, you know, it's those types of relationships that really uh, give you the credibility to grow. So you're not just, um, you know, out there um, you know, telling somebody how good you are, but you have other folks doing it for you. In terms of the um, back on the on the Iris side, and particularly, you know, our flagship product right now, Clarity, contact centers is pretty mundane, right? Why, why is this something for people to get excited about? Background noise, we've dealt with that for for years. Why, why is this suddenly a problem that that we're solving for, and why is this something that actually is? A lot more exciting than it seems on the surface well i mean i get two three calls a day and i'll tell you the second that i hear the background chatter and the noise i hang up all right there's there's no doubt about it uh i know what's going on and what we found early on is when people uh implement our solution um, all of the key metrics that call centers are measured by improve right there's there's less hang-ups there's more engagement. Um, there is more successful uh, results, and the, I think what's really cool for me is the fact that um, in the call center industry, there's a there's a huge churn, right? It's it's not a fun job for most people to work and have to call people every day and have people hang up on them and try to sell them something. But if you have better sound, if you have more success, um, and even if on the other side, right, um, those people that are calling in 
they have their own background noise. If in both cases it's eliminated, you're able to communicate better. You're able to, um, you know, have a conversation and and potentially, you know, move that to success. Um, you know, the likelihood uh, that you're going to leave your job is less, right? And so what we're really, I think, focusing on here is as much the outcome of the call, but also the uh, experience for the agents as well. And I think we're impacting both. I think, you know, there's some competitors in the market that are maybe pivoting from a consumer product into into enterprise software, or maybe they're just tackling this from a pure SDK perspective. I think what makes us different in this space and also addressing problems beyond contact centers is that this is born out of the world of motorsport. This is where we first tackled this problem in parallel to the problems that we were all thrust into when, when we were locked down and working from home. And I think that makes us quite a unique proposition in that we're doing this in the hotbed of innovation that is motorsport, Formula One, and pivoting that over to enterprise solutions. Um, and that really is something that businesses can get excited about rather than it just being another piece of B2B enterprise software. Right. Well, I was actually at the American Grand Prix last weekend. Um, and during that time, got to meet with a number of the teams that are continuing to you know, take a look and use and evaluate uh, the technology. They themselves are validating it. But more importantly, the, the companies that are there that are sponsoring um, F1, um, they all have their own contact centers and call centers and customer experience um, locations. And it was fascinating to have these discussions with those people and um, very clearly they saw that, look, this is a major issue for many of them. This is something that they want to address. And um, us being uh, you know, born out of that really tough environment where noise is um, you know, at you know, serious levels and being able to tackle that, uh, it, it's something that is you know, truly unique and it, it gives us a big edge, right? Um, and honestly, you know, just to be um, you know, fully transparent, you walk in and you start talking to someone that runs a call center and it's, you know, it's not, like you said, the most sexy uh, um, industry, but when you have uh, you know, a relationship with some of these um, early adopters that we have in F1 and in um, other uh, communications mediums, it, it kind of raises our profile, right? And it, it's something that is a little bit more memorable than uh, just the, the the mundane, you know, call center tech stack. That uh, memorable storytelling, I think, is is also paired with something else that that this business does um, and really has a has, has an ethos on, and that's being thought leaders in the space, understanding the subject matter, understanding the needs from. Uh, from a research perspective and you know nothing talks of that more than the recent white paper that alluded to some of the stats that you've uh, you've been really kind of touching on here around um, agents really finding that noise is an issue in their work day 89% of them told us that directly in our own study 86% saying that it caused repetition with 85% of customers agreeing that it also absolutely caused repetition um, how important is it that you really understand your market, you research it, and you present based on a position of elevation uh, with that thought leadership approach 
we're not just dumping software over the fence, but we really understand the pain points that these companies are going through. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, people have a job to do, right? And what I've always found in business is um, if you can give somebody uh, a tool um, that can make them a hero within their company, right? That can elevate their position. They can walk in and say, look, I can solve a problem for us. And uh, addressing specifically the problems that they're having, not focusing on a technology, um, you know, or an algorithm, right? That's the key, right? And so you know very well that there are key metrics that these customer experience people in call centers are focused on, right? They want to have more successful calls. They want to have less churn of their agents so they don't have to hire so many new agents and train them and spend all of that time and money, right? They want to be able to um, essentially have a better customer experience and a customer satisfaction. And we can point to all of those things as being you know, tangible benefits of what we bring, right? And so when we go in and we allow them to try this out for 30 days, for 60 days, and they see all of those numbers go up, right? It makes it really easy for somebody who's managing a call center to go to the CFO, to go to the CEO and say, look, I found something that's gonna change our metrics. It's gonna change it by 5%, 10%. And they know very specifically what that means in terms of their bottom line, right? And so that's that's really what you have to focus on is you have to focus on what is it that makes that person more successful in their job. And you're touching on something, you know, the news recently around uh, a key partner of ours, Ascensos, that just completed a POC and have rolled out to their contact center business in the UK. And they've got an office in South Africa that is a mix of home and, and office workers and then out in... Europe as well. And, and I think for those of you that are joining, that is a fantastic way to get started. Try it. Um, as Toby shared, it can be, you know, two week trial phase. And with our desktop application, you can get started really very easily because we've already pre-tested across all of the common UCAS, CCAS, VoIP platforms and so forth. Another way to get started, as a reminder, if you're tuning in for the first time, for those of you that have tuned in before, you're gonna be really bored of me saying this, but you can download that free white paper that I've just mentioned at iris.audio forward slash white paper, completely free. You can have a read of that. It's about 20 odd pages and it's full of incredible insights and information about why this is a problem that really should be addressed by the market. Um, Sorry, Toby, just a little pitch for our uh, lead gen effort. Um, let's talk about the the US and um, and actually the, the Americas as a whole. We've just signed uh, a regional reseller in, uh, in Mexico um, that are already working on a number of hot opportunities. The American market as a whole is absolutely huge. What's your insights on where this is going? Do you think that the market is still very much on-site premise-based technologies or do you think cloud is now going to sweep up and that migration is going to accelerate over the coming years? What, what do we need to do to really be, be ready for that US opportunity? Yeah, no, no, cloud is inevitable and it's being adopted more and more you know, every month. Um, that is where everybody is going to be going. Um, you know, the good news is that we can solve both on-prem and cloud environments, right? But the reality is more and more people are going to be going cloud. The, the other thing is that um, almost all of these businesses, these, these corporate um, leaders are becoming hybrid, right? They have to. Um, Post-COVID, there was a, a shift to 100% work from home. 
they've tried to bring people back. There, uh, there's been a lot of you know mixed success with that, and they realize that there can be productivity uh, from home. And so you see more and more of these these hybrid and these mixed environments. And again, that's another area that we thrive, right? So I think that um, you know the the market opportunity is huge, right? In contact centers, in customer service centers, right? And it goes beyond that with all of the recordings that they're doing of all of this that they want to translate and analyze, right? Those are other areas that we can add value, right? All of the different specialty communications uh, channels that we have, that we support, whether it be through the motorsports and broadcasting or emergency services, right? Aviation, military, noise is a problem across the board, right? And so, um, the, the market is massive. We've seen some early adoption in the UK and in Europe in some of these municipalities that have small contact centers for their residents, right? Um, every single city in the US has the same problem, right? And just being able to add a quick solution that helps them engage with their residents, helps them engage with their customers, it's going to be a win, right? And so uh, I'm really looking forward to building this up and, and growing the business because every single you know, uh, conversation that I've had so far, it's been a, a very easy um, value to understand, right? And it's been very welcoming. Uh, and so people aren't aren't pushing you away saying, oh, you know, I've seen five of these before. This this is something new. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just sells itself in terms of um, when you listen to the difference that it makes, it's just, it's just mm -hmm. remarkable. And there's a whole load of noise going on outside in Oxford Street here in London. Um, you're in uh, a quieter part of the world at this particular moment, but we're going to be using the technology to clear out all of that background noise. Um, Toby, we get, I guess our audience here is a mix of audio enthusiasts, tech people and entrepreneurs, people with more of a business edge to them. And then of course, contact center industry just thinking aside from iris what are your top tips for those startup founders that are looking to enter the world of of b2b SaaS? What, what what would you advise them to just get right as the fundamentals yeah well i mean number one is you have to find a problem that um you know in a pain point that people are are feeling right and something that ultimately you know they would be willing to pay to solve right <laughs> If you can find that, you're in a good starting point. The second is you have to have something that is different. Um, if you're just jumping into a market because there is a pain and there's 20 other um, people in that environment, unless you can show what makes you different, unless you can show what makes you unique, uh, again, you're never gonna survive, right? And so I think that finding that differentiator that matches with the pain point, and then, um, you know, essentially doing the work to find those early adopters, those people are, that are willing to, um, you know, essentially collaborate with you to bring this solution to market. That's, uh, that's the, the fastest way to success. And obviously if you can do that without having to go out and um, raise a bunch of external money, the better, right? If those partners that do have the pain that they're willing to pay for are willing to help uh, fund you uh, along the way, then that's the other piece, right? Because now you can, um, you know, prove the technology, you can gain a customer and you can essentially accelerate the development without having to give up, um, you know, a substantial portion of your business to outside people that, um, you know, are really, you know, basically just looking to get a percentage for a, um, you know, for a check. 
sound advice and i think um people will really appreciate your your thoughts on that toby it's been fantastic to talk to you thank you for your time today it's great to have your support in the business and expertise guiding us on the way as we scale this business not just in the us but globally thanks for your time today appreciate it no problem this is exciting